Bokartov, we're continuing Parashiyot, Matot, and Mas'ir. And yesterday we did the, the, the brief overview of the, the, the vow situation. And then we begin with the command to strike down the Midianim. Now that's a continuation of a paragraph that was very early in Parashat Pinachas. So we pointed out correctly that <laughs> everything in the, in the interim was almost in parentheses yes. to what we, were, we, have been studied, we, we just studied. This is Moshe's defining act. He has to kill the Midianim, and then After he's gonna afterwards he's going perish. to pass away. Yes. Now, he does this by... The nature of the war is that <coughs> he must take 1,000 people per tribe. What, is that? what do you think that represents? 1,000 per tribe? Probably the, uni- the unity, unity of all the yes, tribes. because everybody has to be involved. Exactly, everybody has to be involved. Why is that, why is that important? Even because though, we'll see... this was done more towards one tribe... Still... Oh, good point. So you may have thought that he should take 6,000 from Shimon and yes. then 6,000 from the rest of Bnei Israel, because yes. Shimon was the one who got, that got hurt the most from this. But we take 1,000 per tribe. Now it's also good to know that in the book of Shofetim, the problem we, we saw over and over was that the tribes were not united at all. You know? And at the end of the book, the only time they're united is when they go to civil war. So, so here, right, exactly. So we have 1,000 per tribe. It represents the ultimate unity. Who is leading them out to war as Kohen? Pinachas. Pinachas goes as the, as the Kohen. In, in a modern Perush, he's called the Kohen, the Mashuach Milchama. The Kohen that's anointed for leading them out to battle. There was a Kohen whose job was to handle the Beit HaMikdash And yes. there was a Kohen whose job was to lead Bnei Israel out to battle Probably to hold all the Kelim that they used to take out with them to war So that's what Pinachas does in this case He brings out the Kelim And they defeat the kings of Midian, the five kings of Midian And they also kill Bilam ben Beor by the edge of a sword yes. They then capture the women and the, the children, children yes. Which is normal war procedure and they burnt down all of the cities of Midian, but they took all of the bounty, the Malkoach and the Shalal. We said Malkoach typically refers to the animals. The Shalal is like the physical objects, like the money. And the Shivi is the captives that are people. And there was a lot of it. Right. And that's where we close. So now we're on Pasuk 13 in chapter 31. And Moshe and Elazar... Uh, now notice, Elazar is the Kohen Gadol right now. Yes. He was made Kohen Gadol when Aharon died. Yes. So Pinechas is coming back with the army to meet Elazar, who is... He's, he's a Kohen Gadol. His father. He's, uh, no, he's, Pinechas and Elazar and Aharon are Kohen. Okay. Okay, so it's Elazar is Kohen Gadol and Pinechas is his son. Okay. I see, you put that in perspective and I, I never even thought of yes. it. Yes. You know? <laughs> okay. So Pinachas is coming back with the army to meet his father. Now, I, I want to pay very close attention to the details in the Psukim here. Also, also they because back, the, 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 I think the Kohen Gadol was there waiting for them because he has to anoint them again. He has to get the purification because of the war. Uh, we'll see, we're going to do all of that. Elazar is the Kohen Gadol now. Elazar is the Kohen Gadol now, Now, I'm reading every Pasuk very carefully because what we're about to read yes. is the most difficult... Yes. Piece of the Torah for the modern mind to accept, the modern cultured mind that's influenced by the modern societal ideals has a very hard time accepting this part of the Torah. 
So we'll read it carefully and then we'll, uh, we'll basically admit that there isn't much we can, we can say, uh, but that the Torah is obviously right. Okay, so Moshe Elazar, they go out, and all the princes of the tribes, they go out to meet them outside the camp. And Moshe gets upset at the leaders of the the tribes, meaning the the warriors. The the, um, ministers of thousands and the ministers of hundreds who were coming from the battle. And Moshe says to them, you kept alive all of the females. These were the women who were instruments uh, for Bnei Israel with the matter of Bil'am who caused uh, a trespass against God with the matter of Baal Peor. Yes. When they did Abu Dazarat to Baal Peor and then they were the cause of the plague of the people of God. So now Moshe says, Kill all of the male youngsters. And every woman who was married, you must kill. But only the children amongst the women. Amongst the females, who did not ever be with a man, who were not ever with a man, meaning all the virgins, you can keep alive. And as for you, you people who are coming from war, you must remain outside the camp for seven days. Why would they remain outside the camp for seven because days? They the, the, the touched blood, because they're, they're impure. impure. They're impure. Yes. And we said the seventh, the impurity, so the third day and seventh day. to become pure is the third day and the seventh day of the para aduma. Good. Anybody who killed a man or anybody who touched a corpse should be purified on the third day and on the seventh day you should be purified you and your captives any clothing or any uh, vessel that's made out of skin or anything that's made out of goat hair and anything that's made out of wood you must purify. Okay, so the difficulty, of course, in that passage is the brutality of killing all of the children. Right? That, that's the difficulty yeah, that people maybe, have. Maybe the, children, the, the male children. But the, the male children, maybe because these women that are not virgin, they slept, they created this... They seduced so, the, so the, the, the men, the, 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 the Jewish men. These are maybe the children that were out of this situation. No, it's, this, is, it's, this happened over the course of a few days. So, so I'm going to read for you the, this Rav Hertz, the, the, the Hertz Humash commentary. I think he says it nicely. In chapter 16 through 18, no, sorry, in, in chapter 31, 16 to 18, Moses is bidden to smite the Midianites because, sorry, in chapter 25, Moses is bidden to smite the Midianites because they had enticed the Israelites to the licentious and idolatrous worship of Baal Peor. In the present chapter, chapter 31, he is ordered to carry out the command forthwith, and we are given full details of the campaign. The war against the Midianites presents peculiar difficulties. We are no longer acquainted with the circumstances that justified the ruthlessness with which it was waged, 
And therefore, we cannot satisfactorily meet the various objections that have been raised in that connection. He's an honest rabbi, I must say. Said, we don't know enough about what happened, all the details what is the of the reason? war. What, the what are the reasoning for the brutality with which Moshe expected them to wage this war? So we can't answer all of the objections that people have, but basically he's saying that the problem's on us, not on the Torah. And the problem is we don't know enough. Not that the, there's something... But Rabbi, that, also have a uh, question. You know, when, they, when Hashem gives order to, to Moshe to tell the people, to, 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 go and destroy the whole cities mm-hmm. and everybody. Yeah. Like, there shouldn't nobody be, should be alive. Here, in a way, maybe it's the same concept. The only thing is that the virgin girls that never did anything, let them... Yeah, but, the, but what about the young boys? Well, I, I can't understand if they, if they kill the virgin girls, okay, these are like a potential threat for the... They can do the same thing that the other ones did before. Right, meaning even the I virgin women. The, the kids, but the... The kids, I don't understand. I would understand more if the virgin ones, they were killed. So, you know, let's solve the problem once for all, you know? Right, get rid they're of it. do this in five I think years. the virgin women, there's the assumption that the virgin women are all the young ones, yes. meaning it's, it's the tough... But, the, the, it's, oh, so in those days, they didn't have like a marriage yes, crisis. Yes, probably, probably right? there were girls that were seven year old, eight year old, nineteen yeah, year old, yeah, not, yeah. not older than that. Because we're not already, talking about the already 15. around 12, 13, they were already uh, yeah, married. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's that's Peshat for sure. Yes, that it's talking yes. about the younger women that they the kept alive. Boys is a different story, but maybe the boys because they were told that they have to balpeor, maybe because of maybe that. They were already, it like, could be that it was a very it was a very militaristic society, you know, like in Sparta, that they would train boys from you know, six like, and seven. Yes, to, like right like now, you look at the Palestinians that are teaching their child at five years old to, to carry a bomb around the thing. Maybe they, right. they already were like brainwashed to hate the Jew, probably. Yeah. Now, now, how do you approach a piece like this, which? Let's say we, we all, tough. for us, it's difficult to see how, you know, we can be commanded if to... If a non-Jew come and ask us about this, it's very difficult to answer. So, so what do you say? So I don't know the answer. You have to be honest with yourself, right? You're not going to lie to yourself. But what I do know is that the problem is probably with me and not with the Torah. Not probably. The problem is most definitely with me and not the Torah. We don't know exactly. Because we've seen enough brilliance in the Torah... To, accept. to to know that the Torah is, is the most brilliant book ever, right? So, so that that's why you why. have to read the text with humility. You know what, what you have to if you approach the text with a critical eye, without having learned it well and without having a deep appreciation, then you will try to find issues. But now, if you if you learn it well and then you start to appreciate the wisdom. And when you see something you don't understand, you're humble enough to accept that the problem is probably with you and not with the Torah. It's very important yeah, to... Course, like, uh, yeah, but, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's not... Very um, difficult. For us, it's really difficult to understand that we study every day. Right. To accept it, I guess that for someone else that is not so... Now, there is a detail here. There is a detail here. Two details that I want to point out. One is that Moshe is commanding this. It does not say that he consulted yeah, with Borei Olam. Yeah, I want to tell you that. Could that, be, could that mean something? Maybe. I don't know. Okay? So that's one. The other thing which is, which is, um, <coughs> which is unrelated to the, to the discussion you just had, is if you look at Pasuk 16, look at the way Moshe is speaking to Bnei Israel. He's speaking to Bnei Israel, and then he says, these were the girls 
who came and caused you to sin in the matter of Bil'am. Yes. Now Moshe is saying this to, to the Bnei Israel. Yes. You know what the problem is with that? Who knew about Bil'am? Bil'am was standing on a mountain trying to curse Bnei Israel and then he just left. So how is Moshe? Israel, I never, never knew that. Bilam. So how is Moshe referencing Bilam? Wow, because Hashem told him. So I don't know, but what I think probably happened. I was talking about this with my brother. A possible interpretation is that Bilam was like a famous character. So then, when they killed him in war, he told them. Everybody realized what was happening. Meaning, he meaning they go them. out, they go out to war. No, they, not, Maybe they he, don't. They interrogated him, and he told him that it I could told be. Them. But but what happens is you go out to war. Let's say. Let's say, um, like, uh, you, you go out to war, let's say in World War II, you go out to war, and then you capture Hitler, you know? So, when you capture Hitler, everybody knows, oh, this was the, the group that we were fighting were the Nazis, you know? So, they went out to war, and they caught this, this famous, famous magician sorcerer guy, and they kill him, and then everybody knows, oh, they were using Bilam to try to get us. So, they, couldn't, they figure it out after the fact. That's potentially what happened. That's why Ben Israel, when they came back from war, after having killed Bilam, all of a sudden they know now, wow, these people, Moab, they had brought Bilam to try to get us, and Bore Olam had our back, and Bore Olam protected us nonetheless. Back then, how did they know? There was no phone call stuff. How did they know who Bilam? How did the words... Okay, that, that's, the a question on I, that's a question that's, on what I just said. That's that's the the caravans, the ones that move around. I, I mean, they had the businessmen. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there were people who, I, there were people who, the same way that people in uh, knew about in, they knew about, about Israel. Israel. Whenever you go to yes. in Sefer Yoshua, when yes. Rachav, Rachav said, "Oh, we know about what you did to Egypt 40 years ago." Yes. Yes. How do they know that? Things spread. People, you know. It was a very small. You know, it was a very. It's like a village. That whole area was a village. Okay. But so tomorrow, Bezer Hashem. Yeah, that was a, it's a difficulty. Today, uh, so Moshe diffi- is not around. Really? I know, but I still have to go pray. <laughs> that doesn't help me. Um, so, tomorrow, Bezor Hashem is in a very, very interesting class where we're going to discuss the, the source in the Torah for, koshering, uh, for, for both Tevilat Kelim and for Hagalat Kelim. Now, what are, the two, what are these two things? Tevilat Kelim is that when you buy you. a vessel from a Goy, you have to take it to the mikveh before you use it. Okay? Now, if you're, not, if you're not familiar with this law, it's okay because the food does not become non-kosher. The food remains kosher nonetheless. But it is halakha that whenever you buy vessels from a non-Jew, you must put the kelim in the mikveh before you use them. The second item is hagalat kelim, which is the way we take non-kosher vestiges of food out, out of our pots. So this becomes very popular around Pesach time yes, because we need to remove the yes. chametz out of our pots. But it's not just that. It's also when we have non-kosher dishes. Let's say uh, you went to an Airbnb and then, uh, or you, you went to a hotel that has a, already you pottery wanna, you wanna use and you want to use, use the pots. You need to make sure push. that they did not cook pig in it before you used it. And if there is pig in the walls of the pot, you must remove that before you use it. And you do that through the process called hag'ala. Now, process requires you boiling the pot and using either fire or water to extract the taste from the walls of the pot. So those are the two laws we're going to learn Bezer Hashem tomorrow. And we're not going to go into detail on them, but you're going to see the root of them in the Torah. Baruch Adonai Amen. 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 Amen.